Strickland. I have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Well, hello, everyone. Nice to see you on this Thursday, September 16th. September is flying by as usual, one step closer to October, right? I love the fall months, just my favorite time of year and winter as well. I'm one of those oddballs in Southern California because everyone loves summer. But anyways, that's a different discussion. You are tuning into another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles and beyond on the Let's Talk Network, also known as WLTKDB. You can find us there on our site at WLTKDB.com or the Let's Talk I have some announcements before we bring in tonight's guest, which is a very dear friend of mine and co-director of the San Diego Paranormal Research Society and a co-host of the Spirits of the Adobe Tours that we do at the Ranch of Buena Vista Adobe. So before I bring her in, like I said, I have some announcements. So on uh, October 2nd here in Escondido, a little bit north of San Diego, I'm giving my first ever presentation, also called the Afterlife Chronicles, there at the Escondido Public Library that starts at 2 p.m. and goes till, I think, about 3.30 p.m. And then WLTKDB's first huge event is Gallery readings for the world, three top psychic mediums, Diet Renee, Missy Hart, and Pete or Bea. Uh, and that is uh, October 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Tickets are online on the WLTKDB website or through Eventbrite. And then, of course, coming up, uh, as you all know, Pete Orbea hosts uh, his show, Paranormal Pete, on the network as well. And he is hosting the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. I believe it's on uh, November 5th through the 7th. Don't quote me on that date. Just go to portgambleparanormal.com and you'll have all the information you need. And then, uh, like I mentioned, uh, the San Diego Paranormal Research Society has been doing uh, uh, the Spirits of the Adobe Tours for about 10 years now. And so I just contacted the City of Vista asking them, because of COVID and everything, when those are going to resume and so it looks like uh, early 2022 so that could be January that could be uh, February March but they are definitely coming back cityofvista.com go to Rancho Buena Vista Adobe and you'll see all the information there for the city of Vista uh, or I mean for the spirits of the Adobe excuse me so uh, new items added to the WLTKDB website of course there are individual host pages so you can learn about all the fabulous hosts and their shows, as well as a new forum. I think forums are great because it allows uh, the community to get together and network and all of that. So it's really good. Oh. Sorry, I had to take a drink of water. So check out the new forum. Uh, check out uh, WLTKDB.com. Lots of really good uh, information there. And follow us on our socials. You can find us on uh, Twitter, you know, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, uh, 
any anywhere you see WLTKDB, that's uh, the uh, pretty much how to get to our social channels. So anyways, enough about that because the show flies by. It's only, only an hour long. I want to bring in Allie Schreiber, my guest for tonight. Allie is a very dear friend of mine. And like I said, she's the co-director of the San Diego Paranormal Research Society and co-host along with me of the Spirits of the Adobe Tours at the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. And interestingly, I met Allie back in 2010 at the Maritime Ghost Conference. It was the Maritime, uh, Maritime Museum of San Diego had a ghost conference there. And I met Allie on the Star of India of all places. And mm-hmm. so we kind of kept in touch and here we are and uh, we've been investigating together for many years and it's really great to have you Ali. I've been, duo. <laughs> uh, yeah I've been interesting to have you on the show and like I said you're always welcome to uh, come on whenever you want so thank you yeah thanks for uh, joining me tonight hi Linda nice to see you there uh, Linda Myers is a, a wonderful investigator, a really good friend of mine as well, really knows her uh, stuff in the paranormal, so happy to see her. So, Allie, give us a little bit, I mean, of course I know, but for listeners, give us a little bit of background in in why or why actually you got involved in the paranormal and, and what you were doing before you joined uh, the San Diego Paranormal Research Society. Well, I mean, I always tell people that you don't find this you don't find investigating it finds you. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And uh, having several experiences growing up, um, you know, you didn't really talk about it back then. You didn't mention it to anybody. If you talked about it, people thought you were weird or. Yeah. So my experiences, I kept to myself. Um, I had a very profound experience after my dad passed away. Um, And it took me about 10 years after that to finally talk to anybody about it. I mentioned it to my mom and she was like, hmm, yeah, okay. Then come to find out, you know, this kind of thing happens all the time. And we actually kind of bonded over it a little bit. And um, uh, a friend of mine was visiting in town and she said, hey, they're doing these you know, ghost hunt tours, do you want to go do one? And I said, yeah. So we went down to San Diego and did a little tour of the Berkeley and the Star of India. And I met some great people and they kind of took me under their wing and kind of trained me and, you know, showed me the ropes on what to do. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And then some, you know, just bumps in the road personally going on in my life. Um, I took a little hiatus and then lo and behold, another friend of mine said, Hey, there's this place called the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe in Vista and they're doing these haunted tours. Do you want to come with me? I said, okay, yeah, I'll go. Sure. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, there's Nicole running the tour. And I was like, oh, she will never remember me. Cause it was like maritime conference. And I thought, oh, she'll never remember me. And, she didn't. We had some great experiences in the Adobe that night. Oh, we and, did. Uh, you know what? That it, it actually remind me because <laughs> I, it, we started doing these tours at the Adobe in 2011, and so mm-hmm. you joined the team and and and, and became the co-host in 2014. And I kid mm-hmm. you not, that night that you were there, yeah. that's when we 
and not and I'm not to say that we didn't capture really good you know evidence or have you know really awesome personal encounters before that but when that night that's when we started getting it was from that night onward that we yeah. started getting really good data and so I think yeah. I think there's something and we talk about this when we do presentations when you have a mojo with someone I think that that really does help in connecting yeah. with with uh, the energies yeah. so I really you know I you think invited me to investigate with you from that day on and we've been a team and it's awesome because we really do work well together we mm -hmm. think alike we you know we know what each other is thinking or doing or yeah you know what I mean and and we get great responses so I think it's just you know it's chemistry the chemistry works Absolutely. So, um, it's, I mean, even on our tours, I mean, even some of the guests will say, my gosh, you, like, I'll finish your sentence or you're, you'll finish mine. It's crazy how yeah. that works. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, the team where it is now is great, you know, and with, with the team, you go through bumps and it has to grow and all that. Mm -hmm. And where it is, you know, it's perfect. So, yeah. so a little background, we started, like I said, we started, uh, conducting these Spirits of the Adobe tours, which are fundraising tours for the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. So proceeds go back into the Adobe as a historical site museum. And so uh, they originally started in 2011, mainly just seasonal for September and October. But then I started uh, talking with the directors at the City of Vista and, and making it a monthly event. And so they were on board and here we are you know, 10 years later, of course, this last year, it's been closed because of COVID. But, you know, to have that tenure at a site for, you know, 10 years is, is, is great. It really gives you a lot of knowledge into the history of the site and, and an understanding of the, the patterns and the themes of paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really been a, a great ride. So we're going to get into some of our uh, encounters and all that and, and I have some uh, audio clips to play but just a little bit of background um, of Vista so if you're familiar with San Diego California Vista California is about 25 minutes north of San Diego and it's sandwiched right in between Oceanside to the west and San Marcos to the east there and then Fallbrook uh, where you live Alley, is to mm -hmm. the north so it's actually the site of an ancient uh, vista I'm talking about is the site of an ancient Indian village. It's native peoples originated from uh, the Los Sueños and Degueños tribes. And so when Mexico became emancipated from Spain in 1822, San Diego became part of the, the Mexican government, their democracy. So that was the the start of the closing of the mission period and so that opened the doorway to a lot of foreign trading and so the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe on Alta Vista Drive is translated into good view and it inhabited let's see the western edge of that Native American village so for about 140 years uh, Vista had a bunch of different land ranchos and so that's what the the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe is so it was a land rancho that was deeded by Governor Pio Pico at the time to a, a neophyte Native American from the San Luis Rey mission uh, over there it's about two miles from the Adobe and uh, it was, so Governor Pio Pico deeded that land to Felipe Subrio 
and Subria, excuse me. And so he was the first owner. And after that, there have been so many other owners uh, of the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. Some have lived there, some have not. But some of these owners are, are, are San Diego pioneers and uh, pretty well known throughout San Diego's history. So, I mean, I, I mean, we could spend a whole there, hour. Yeah. Yeah, we could spend an hour just going on um, a little bit about the history, but, uh, um, oh, hi, Mom. My mom's like, hi, Nicole and Allie. Thanks for listening, Mom. But, yeah, so the adobe, it was deeded to Felipe Subria in 1845, and it was, I think it was 2,200 acres um, at that time. Now the square footage of the entire premises is 4,189 square feet, so you uh, you go on Alta Vista Drive. It's right across the street from the city of Vista there, all of their offices. And you you come to this amazing wrought iron gate. You go, go down this uh, brick walkway there. Hi, Katie. Nice to see you. You go down this brick walkway and it leads you right into the adobe. I mean, Allie, you and I have walked that walkway how many times? I mean, we, I don't, I can't even count. It's been so many. But uh it's basically a, a use or an L-shaped structured building, and then there's guest houses to the south, and then there's uh, um, also a, a meeting area guest house to the east of it as well, and then a beautiful courtyard. And so they now, in in modern time, it was actually purchased by the city of Vista in 1989. They have school groups in there. I think. Uh, they're called Adobe Days. They have weddings. It's a very popular place to get married. And if you go there, you'll see why. All kinds of events. They have art shows there, cultural fairs, that sort of thing. Uh, Allie and I have done events there uh, with our book, Spirits of Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. We've signed books there. They're sold in the little uh, store as well. So it's, it's really a beautiful historical location. And so, I mean, our tours... I mean, I, I can't even count how many we've done now, several, but they, now with COVID, it's weird because obviously they're on hiatus, but uh, um, uh, normally we do them the third Friday of each month and there's a 7 p.m. and then a 9.30. They last two hours in length and Allie and I at, at the beginning give a little presentation about uh, a little history of the Adobe. There's a really good 10-minute historical overview video that people can watch. It's not one of those boring videos. It's a really uh, uh, fun video to watch. And then we talk a little bit about the team and, and how we approach uh, paranormal investigation and all that. Then we take the guests throughout the Adobe and we do a divining rod session. We bring out the crystals and the pendulums and then we do an EVP session and a spirit box session and it's it's great it's it's absolutely fantastic yeah. I've been rambling on here I apologize but Jesus hello I mean I have a guest in you <laughs> so I'm glad you did once in a while the audio gets a little pingy and I actually can't hear you so if you oh. see me nodding along and not answering it's because the audio is getting a little pingy on no I can hear you just but fine it'll clear up. it clears up <laughs> Welcome to the land of the internet, but yeah, I can hear you yeah. just fine. So, um, since this is an episode on the Adobe, what would you say, because you've been in there numerous times like me, what would you say your top three encounter, paranormal, uh, personal encounters have been in there? I know, right? I'm putting you on the spot. No, 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 no. That's, that's, okay, so, well, my number one encounter would be the night that my first night there. Um, when uh, a spirit that 
we know as one um, came right through the spirit box right there in the major domo room. Um, the group was standing in the major domo room, which is like the, you know, they, they used it as the office, the foreman for the ranch. That was his. Exactly. And that is the room where it's rumored that there are remains in the wall. And I had brought my spirit box with me, which is simply just a little AM FM radio that has the little peg taken out of it that stops the scanning. So it just continually scans. And I asked your permission to pull that out and use it. And you said, yes. And you know, the first question we asked was, Hey, you can use this device to tell us your name. And we immediately got this loud response. Juan. I mean, yeah. all of us just, <gasps> and the whole group heard it and understood yeah, it. Yeah. We all we were like, Oh my God. <laughs> And that's the first time, remember, three years we had been doing these. That's the first time that Juan ever announced himself was that night. And since that time, Allie and I have had other communications with an individual, a male identifying himself as Juan. I actually have that ITC clip, so let me cue it up. Yeah, I do. So I'm going to do the old-fashioned phone to the mic. I know that's, you know, you know why fix what's not broken, but hopefully you'll be able to hear it. I'll play it twice. So it's basically what you said. You said you can use this device to tell us your name. And mm-hmm. so we heard very loudly someone with a, a Spanish accent say Juan like that. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play it. You can use this device to tell us what your name is. You can use this device to tell us what your name is. So that's that's it. Whispery on there, but in real life, it was actually very, very loud. It came right. very loud because all of us kind of gasped, like <gasps> exactly. And that's the, that's the interesting thing about ITC, as you know, sometimes in, in real time, it's very clear, you can hear it very well, but then it's not captured that way, or vice versa, you may not hear something super well audibly, but then you go and review your audio data, like an Adobe Audition or Audacity, and then it's super, super clear. Yeah. I remember that. And then we were talking about that after. And then I think I said something like, oh, my gosh, that was super interesting. And a a male came through answering in Spanish the word yes, which is C, which I have that. So I'm going to go ahead and play. And this took place December 13th of 2014. Gosh. I mean, almost 10 years ago. My gosh. So I'm going to go ahead and play it. So um, again, it's kind of always it's difficult. So happy because that was cool. Through electronic. Yeah, yeah, but it's. I mean, you heard very clearly C come through the device. So I'm God. We have so many of these. It's insane. I mean, you know, ITC is one of those controversial tools. Not everyone likes to use ITC. I get that. I get why. But I think if you use it, you know, in conjunction with other methodology, and you use it sparingly. And knowing what to to look listen for, then I think it can be a good a good tool. What's your thought on that? ITC. 
Well, my feeling is, I mean, yes, it's a tool like everything else. Like you said, it's just part of pieces to the puzzle. Right. And in some locations, right. dowsing rods work better. In some locations, ITC works better. In some locations, different. I think it all depends on, in my opinion, the spirit energy and what they are comfortable right. communicating with us through. The, I the agree. Tool. You know what I mean? Because we don't really get ITC in a lot of other places in the Adobe, but they do respond to other methods where Juan really seems to like <laughs> the ITC device. He's learned how to manipulate that pretty well. Mm -hmm. Some people like to use, you know, um, the, this, oh my gosh, I have dumb brain for a second. Um, it's all good. So do I. Welcome to the club. The, <laughs> it's all good over here. Anyway, different, different devices, I think, work differently in different locations. So yeah. I don't think you have to have a million devices every time you go somewhere. It's no, trial and error. But we have such an intimate relationship with the Adobe because we've been there so much and we've been investigating it for so long. And we've got such a great relationship with the spirits that dwell there. They trust us. Exactly. Um, and that plays that, into uh, it. Yep. Yeah. Definitely you know, plays um, into it. I, I agree, too. Yeah. You just got to... You gotta, you gotta play with it, and you kind of have to just kind of feel, feel for it when you walk into a location. You just kind of have to be like, you know what? I'm getting a, a feeling that I need to pull out my my rods, or I'm getting a feeling that I need to pull out this device. Go with it. Exactly. Go with your, yep. go with your feelings. Absolutely. You know? That's so. so well said. So well said. So we have to take a quick break. You are listening to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond with Ali Schreiber on the WLTKDB network. We will be, we will be back in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned, guys. Sunday, October 24th, the 2021 Statler City Psychic Fair in Buffalo, New York. Come out and meet psychic medium and host of School Through Spirit, Diet Renee, and spirit medium and host of the Ghost Finders, Rob Thompson. Diet Renee is a renowned psychic medium, medical intuitive, and master teacher of psychic mediumship development. Hailing from Wisconsin, Diet trained under world-renowned psychic Lisa Williams. Spirit medium Rob Thompson is one of Diet's mediumship development students. He is the host and executive producer of America's longest-running indie paranormal TV show, The Ghost Finders, on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, and Roku. He has made guest appearances on other shows, including Discovery Channel's Paranormal 911 and A Haunting, and teaches paranormal research at the Los Angeles City College. Come and meet these two superb mediums together on stage for live gallery readings. Remember, Sunday, October 24th, the 2021 Statler City Psychic Fair. Get your tickets now at StatlerCity.com. That's StatlerCity.com. Doors open at 1, close at 6. Gallery readings, tarot cards, and more. Statler City Psychic Fair. Tickets at StatlerCity.com.
22 minutes past the hour. Nicole Strickland here, host of the Afterlife Chronicles on the WLTKDB network. Tonight's guest is my dear friend and co-director of San Diego Paranormal Research Society, as well as co-host along with me of the Spirits of the Adobe Tours at the iconic Rancho Buena Vista Adobe in Vista, California. Before the break, we were talking about Allie's journey in the paranormal and and starting to get into some of our favorite uh, uh, experiences at the Adobe. So we were talking about Juan. So Juan is uh, one of the energies at the Adobe that has consistently uh, communicated with us from month to month. I mean, uh, you can attest to this too. I mean, with our, especially our audio evidence in the form of EVP as well as ITC, we are getting the same vocalizations coming through month to month, addressing themselves by names that coincide with previous previous owners like Cave Johnson Couts and Maria Antonia and, and Juan uh, Gonzalez, who we were talking to or talking about. I mean, I want to real quick because a lot of people want to know who Juan is. So you were mentioning uh, in the major domo room uh, when an electrician uh, installed wiring, I believe it was the early 1930s, he discovered in one of the adobe walls skeletal remains. But we don't know exactly what corner of that room. We think it might be, if you walk into the room, it would be the the southwest corner uh, where the adobe wall is thick. But a lot of people want to know who Juan is. And so what, what's your theory on who he is? Because he's come through for us so many times. Okay, it sounded a little pingy again. I think you're asking me who I think Juan is. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. No, um, I can hear you just fine, so I don't. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, through our communications with Juan, he has told us, that he worked there on mm -hmm. the on the premises and personally i yeah i think that without giving away too much i think that he worked on the property i think that something happened um i think that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time around the wrong people and wound up, you know, perishing on the, yeah. on the property. And, um, you know, we're, we're investigators. We get in there. We want questions answered. And what's so great about the Adobe and with Juan is we have found when we went to the Huntington library, we went through all of the records, two full days of that. So yeah, two yeah. full days there. Yeah. And, um, you know, looking through all the logs because he kept great payroll records. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there were several workers there named Juan. Now is Juan his real name? We don't know. That's how he, that's what he told us his name is, but and there might be more I than believe one, he worked of course. Uh, yeah, he might have been. Um, yeah. Do you have the clip about um, are you friends? 
Yes, I'm going to play that. And then I, I want to read a little something um, about, so one of the owners that came, now they also, they own the Rancho Guajome also in Vista. Uh, now they never lived at the Adobe. They lived at the Rancho Guajome. And this was uh, Cave Johnson Couts and Isadora Bandini de Couts, Isadora Bandini of the famous Bandini family. If you go down to Old Town San Diego and you see the Cosmopolitan Hotel, that was formerly the Bandini home family home so those two wed and had several children and so uh one thing that we Allie and i found in our research is that uh cave johnson couts also uh was a sub-indian agent so him and isadora uh employed native american indentured servants so i'm just going to read a section of this book that might give a little light into who Juan Gonzalez may be. This is something that we're still researching. We are not, we don't know 100% who he is or what his origins are, but I'll just read a little bit that a little section that comes from our book, Spirits of Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. So in January 1854, Cave and Isadora obtained an Indian female child named Cesaria from Jesus and Paula Delgado, Delgado, excuse me, who were two of Cout's employees. Furthermore, they acquired custody of Juan, an Indian boy of 10 to 12 years of age, and custody was transferred to Isadora in April of 1855. There are several mentions of a man by the name of Juan linked to Isadora in Cave Johnson Couts' many journals, as I just mentioned, and registers held at the Huntington Library in San Marino, California. The book, The American Italy, The Scenic Wonderland of Perfect Climate, mentions how a small boy by the, by the name of Juan Assis, A-S-I-S, last name, was given to Cave Johnson Couts around 1856. This boy went by the last name of Couts until 1873, when he was incarcerated for stealing a horse. Consequences ensued, and Juan was mandated to go by the name of Cauche, C-O-U-C-H-E. Even more compelling was how his father, Pablo Assis, once owned the Rancho Guajome, and that's where uh, uh, Isadora and Cave Johnson Counts lived. So uh, the other noted historic, okay, so the Rancho Guajome, the other noted historic site that once belonged to the famed Counts family. So uh, that's kind of a theory going on that may explain who Juan is. There's also some other theories as well um, in the book as well. It could be another Juan, maybe there's more than one. Um, whoever the case, this individual, in my opinion, feels comfortable to come through on a month-to-month -month basis. I mean, guests have heard him announce his name many times. We've uh, done sessions where we'll ask, you know, who's who's here with us, and we'll get Juan coming through, the name of Juan coming through. Um, I do have the clip that Ali's mentioning here, and this was uh, ITC, Instrumental Transcommunication, uh, caught or captured on a tour in uh, August of 2016. And so back in the day, they didn't use the term Native Americans. They called Native Americans Indians. Mm -hmm. So I asked, because I felt weirdly compelled to ask this question at the time, I asked uh, Juan, uh, um, are, were you still friends with the Indians? And we got a two-word response, and I left it in guest reaction in the clip just to demonstrate how the guests understood it, and they were just, <laughs> this one woman was like, oh my gosh, you know, so I'll go ahead and play it now, it's kind of long, but um, 
it's repeated at the end. So let me make sure I have the white. Um, actually, I take this back. This was captured in uh, June uh, 19th of 2015. My bad. Okay, I'll go ahead and play it now. Juan, I have another question for you. Were you friends with the Indians? Still am. Still am. That was freaky. Yeah, thank you, Juan. Oh my God. I got well. I because I, I was getting that. Oh my God. Did you hear that? Juan, I have another question for you. Were you friends with the Indians? Still am. So hopefully that was audible on your end, but uh, the question, of course, Juan, were you, were, and I said past tense, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, Juan, were you friends with the Indians? And you hear very clearly the, the woman, uh, the guest reaction was that woman saying, repeating what she heard, still am, and oh my goodness, and all that. I mean, this was fairly audible in the major domo room. And so a response of still am is so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you make of that, Allie? It's just, you know, the time continuum. Yep. There, right? That's what I think. How, I mean, yes, it's ancient history to us. It's, you know, 1856 and, and you know what I mean? But to, to them, we, time is, is different. So it's compelling to get still am in present right is the, okay you still are so that's great that's beautiful that's wonderful i'm i'm glad you're still friends i'm i mean that <laughs> it yeah yeah i mean i think too it also may kind of point to that theory that well he maybe worked for the mission san luis ray in mm -hmm. that convert and maybe he knew a lot of fellow indentured native american indentured servants so that tells me that okay maybe he was native american he himself right mm -hmm. so I, but I we're still researching i believe he was Amer uh, native american right yeah I th yeah I, I do too that's what that's what my gut tells me but we've had so many uh beautiful uh um responses with him i mean uh, i have another one here it's kind of long but uh remember this was in august of 2016 remember when eric if eric's listening hi eric esperon mm -hmm. <laughs> he's a teacher at uh, sweetwater um the sweetwater uh, unified high school district i think it is so he's joined us on our on our tours and he was there that night and remember um one of the guests had someone touch him on the head yeah. Right. I think the guest's name was Chuck, Hope and Chuck, I think they were guests and a few others. Mm -hmm. And so um, we asked, you know, who was it that touched Chuck's head? And then Eric repeated, you know, Senor Gonzalez, were you the one to touch Chuck's head? And then we get a response of a name that was fairly audible to all of us in the room. And I have that here. So I'll play okay. it. Allie and Nicole and Eric and our friends, Hope and Chuck. Did somebody just touch Chuck in the back of the head? Senior Gonzalez, do you know who touched Chuck's head? 
So I'm going to pause it. So we all heard Juan very loudly come through. And so, I mean, I don't know how it sounds coming, you know, this way, but trust us, it was loud. We heard Juan come through. So I'll just play the rest of this. So I, I think the rest of this is me just clipping the Juan part, but I think you hear Juan come through the device and then one of us repeating it. So. Juan. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, and oh my gosh! Incredible. Been a couple of times. People have been touched. I've been touched in the Adobe. Um, mm. We were in the kitchen one night, and somebody knocked on the door, and we asked, you know, who it was. I believe we were using either the crystal or the rods at the time. I think both. Yeah, I think we were doing both. Yeah, we and had we them out, asked, and then, you know, yeah. did somebody knock on the door? And they said yes. And through our questions, they identified that it was Juan that knocked on the door. He he's kind of a little prankster sometimes. He does. Stuff he's like gotten that. to know in the routine. Yeah. You know, he's gotten to know the routine, and uh, he's he's just gentle though. He's a very he is, very yeah. gentle soul. But we've had, I mean, other individuals that owned or worked at the Adobe. These are documented historical individuals that uh, come through announcing their names. I mean, it's insane. We have, I mean, uh, Luis, um, Lu there's Luis Machado. There's a picture of all the, it's a black and white picture in the major domo room and you'll see all the men lined up. And one has Luis Machado in it and another has Herman Diaz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we, we, I remember, um, I would play the clip, but it's a little long. Um, I believe it's on our website, San Diego paranormal research.com where we were asking, cause Luis likes to go by Luis, my friend. And mm -hmm. so one of us was asking, uh, Luis, you know, are you with us? We heard yes. And then we said, is this Luis, my friend? And we heard yes again. And then um, I think it was me that said, is, is Herman with you? And then you hear someone, different vocalization coming through yeah. saying, hi. I mean, it's like these conversations that are occurring. It's like yeah. the most bizarre thing. And they thing. do different vocalizations. They're, it's not the right. same. When using the ITC device, a lot of people think, oh, well, it's always the same voice, the same tone. And in this case, it's not. It's definite, different. You know, you get the female, you know, Maria Antonia likes to, She's got the whispery, sultry voice, you know, and yeah, yeah, you can you can tell the difference. But the thing with the Herman clip is the pictures on the wall. We never really looked at the picture before when we were asking the questions that night, and someone said his name was Herman, and uh, I think it was Maria was standing next to the picture, and she was like. Hey, um, just FYI, can we go back to that Herman name? Because right. who's identified on this picture? And there's a picture at the Adobe of some obvious workers. And underneath them are their names. And uh, Machado is one of them. Junior and senior, I believe, are in that picture with yes. them. Yes, yes. There's Herman Diaz's name. And we all went, yes. I mean, we just got instant validation. 
Right, and the goosebumps were forming. And I and I remember too that one of us asked um, Herman, "What is your last name?" And the word Diaz came through. And then we mm-hmm. looked at the photo and we were like, "Oh my God, that's his last name!" <laughs> yep. I yep. mean, the that amount of open. with the Adobe, there's a lot of in, there's some residual energy there, but there's a yeah. lot of intelligent yeah, energy, intelligent. a lot, a lot yeah. there, and. Um, uh, I wish this we'll probably have to do a part two to get into like theories of <laughs> ley lines and portals. I mean, both Allie and I have had very profound experiences with deceased family members at the Adobe. And yeah, it's weird yeah. how that happened there. Um, we'll have to do but, a part two for that. Cause yeah, that's, that's, we'll have to do, let's do a part two for that because that's yeah. very sentimental and um, Yeah. Uh, it was it was fantastic, but Maria, you mentioned Maria Antonia, so she's uh, one of the daughters of Cave uh, Johnson Couts and uh, Isadora Bandini de Couts. She's come through so many times, and like you said, she has that very breathy uh, sort of um, tone to I her voice. Like so tree voice. She's very yes, yeah. I mean, she's just very yeah. <laughs> and, and this is like, you know, it's the voices you can start to recognize from month to month. But one of our clips, and we have more one of these, we were asking, I think it's me saying, Maria Antonia, is this you? And you hear a whispered response through the static. So I'll go ahead and play that now. Maria Antonia, is this you? So it might be kind of hard to hear, but you you hear a uh, uh, Marie Antonia's this you yes, and then the static, and you know with ITC one thing that Ali and I do when we when when we review our audio is we look for words or phrases that correlate to the history or or strongly correlate to the questions that were be, that we're asking, and words or phrases that were not you know, matrixing or, or listening to several times. Cause if you're going to listen to that several times or a clip several times, you're going to start to matrix audio. So yeah. we look for what's obvious, what's clear, you know, what's relevant to what we're asking or what we're, what we're discussing. And it's amazing. I mean, it's the quality that we get there. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. What was that story? There was a story with uh, Frank Rohano, uh, one of the one of the park directors. He's Frank joined has us a lot. lot. Of <laughs> they're all they're all in this book too. But, we love you, Frank. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh my, he's awesome. He's so he's joined us so many times. But he, speaking of Maria Antonia, I'll sh- try to share this really quick. This was back in I think the early '90s, and they had a florist there getting ready for an event. Yeah. And so it was Frank and the florist in the building, and that's it. And so they were in the room known as the Sala or the Great Room. And the florist wanted, saw this woman and he, and he was wanting to know who this woman was. And so he asked Frank if uh, there was any other docents working. And Frank's like, nope, just, just me and just you. And then in the master bedroom, which is right next to the um, Sala, uh, Sala there's a picture, a historical picture of Maria Antonia. It's kind of a profile picture. And the florist is like, oh my gosh, that's the woman. 
that's the woman I keep seeing. And she's telling me, she's criticizing the way I'm <laughs> arranging these flowers. He didn't like the way he was doing the flowers. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I, to me, I don't, it, it didn't sound made up at all. I mean, the way that Frank was saying, you know, telling the story, it's like that. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Same thing, the lady in, oh, my the mom saw the lady in white. Who do you, yeah. now, who do you think the lady in white See, is on we the are property? thinking the like again, because I was See, just going to say, here we go. White, you got to talk about her. <laughs> yep. We have like about three minutes before the next break, but we can start talking about her. So it's funny. They're right. Thinking the yeah. same thing. So lady in white, it seems like there's a lady in white everywhere you go, but you know, on the property, there's been one spotted. My mom even saw her. We'll get to that after the break, but who do you think she is? I believe it's Maria Antonia, you know? Yeah. She, I think it, yeah. She was the she was the take charge that that you know the adobe was was her domain. She was you know she's very well known for always being the ultimate hostess and mm -hmm. and you know she was in charge of everything and yeah I I believe it's her. I think it might be her too. Maybe there's more than one. Maybe there's um, you know maybe yeah. Isadora and uh, Isadora Bandini's there. Uh, Maria Antonia. They also had a daughter also by the name of Isadora. Too, that well, um, yeah. it might be as well. So, but it's it's a common claim. I mean, gardeners once were doing uh, work in the courtyard early in the morning, like dawn. We're talking like seven a.m., maybe six thirty or seven, and they saw a lady adorned in like a white gown walking around the verandas and one of them quit his job because of that you know yeah. so, I mean that's sad to me but I mean you know I mean but yeah so um, we'll continue talking because we have to take a, another break real quick you are tuning into the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond with guest Ali Schreiber stay tuned and we will be back after the break Looking to launch your new masterpiece? Then try something new with Moonbow Publishing and Publications. At Moonbow, we have a strong desire to serve authors in a powerful and meaningful way. After all, you've poured your heart and soul into your writing and we fully understand and respect that. Remember this, you will own the copyright to your work. You will have the final say on your work before published. Even after all of that, we've saved the best for last. We won't take a percentage sold. Nope, not a penny. Excited about MoonbowPublications.com yet? We thought so. Take advantage of our company's services like book editing, formatting, and covers, publishing, and photography. Moonbow Publishing and Publications has everything you're looking for in a company. Remember, we will not keep any commissions. We are a boutique publishing company focusing on spiritual, health and wellness, and personal growth genres. So come and see what we can do for you at MoonbowPublications.com. That's MoonbowPublications.com. Moonbow Publications, a new kind of publishing company.
five minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond on the Let's Talk Network at WLTKDB.com. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. And of course, joining us tonight is uh, my dear friend, Ali Schreiber and STPRS co-director and uh, co-host of our Spirits of the Adobe Tours. I just saw Gary Mance pop in. Hi, Gary. Gary's a great (laughs) friend of mine and he hosts Mance and Mitchell and then uh, American Road Trip Talk as well two fantastic shows so tune into those as well mansonmitchell.com um so before the break we were talking uh about a lot of our experiences we've had so many that there's no way that we can put all these together in one hour so uh we were talking a little bit about maria antonia and uh whether or not she's um, the lady in white i think it's a great possibility i know my mom when she was there one night on the tours i think you remember this as well mm-hmm. we were in the sala doing a collective live evp session with with the the guests and my mom saw outside the 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 door which was a glass door what looked to be a woman in white kind of just floating or gliding by i haven't seen her though have you I haven't seen her yet. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either, which is we, the most bizarre. Yeah, I mean, there's we have seen manifestations at the Adobe as well. It's not just right. all audio. We haven't, I haven't been fortunate enough to see the woman in white yet, but. Uh, I haven't either. I haven't either. Um, oh my gosh, I'm trying to, we're going to have to do a part two and a, and a part three for sure, but. What? So I want to play the horses ITC clip. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Okay, yeah. This is one of my favorite clips. Um, Mine too. We were, again, I believe we were in the major domo room. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a great group with us that night. And um, I think a lot of the responses we get to um, have to do with the people that are in our tours. The, the group size is small. We don't allow more than the city of Vista doesn't allow more than 10 people, you know, on the tour. And then of course you and I being the guides, the Adobe right. is at large, so there's not that many people, but the group that night just had great energy and um, they were really positive. And I think that helps generate yes. more activity and, and more response. So we I just had a really good group that night and you, I believe, asked about the horses, and you got a response. You got an immediate response to your question, and then I felt inside, I was like, you know what, this is a hard question for them to answer because I don't think the horses were all one solid color. And right, and you owned horses, so you know I'm, a lot about it. Yeah, I'm a ranch girl, and I grew up doing equestrian stuff, but I also grew up learning a lot about Native American history. It's kind of my jive, and uh, pictures in my house. All the time. I love it. So, <laughs> I love the Native American culture, um, and I know that they had Appaloosas. I know that was, you know, and right. so... I could have swore that I heard the response Appy, A-P-P-Y, that's short for Appaloosa. I might have been the only person in the room that knew that or what that was. And so I almost didn't say anything, but 
then I did, and then we even got more response. So, yeah, fantastic. This and this and yeah. and this co this is an example of an ITC capture correlating to the history of the Adobe because mm -hmm. Cave Johnson Couts, as well as other owners, even Felipe Subria had horses and had he horses. was the first owner and um, Cave Johnson Couts actually kept uh, his prize stallions there because yeah. back in the day there were a lot of horse bandits. My clock is uh, chiming, so I apologize, but a lot of horse bandits in the day. And so he kept his stallions there. Yeah. And so um, I'll play this clip. It's kind of long. And then the, the it's actual it's ITC. It. It's a great clip. Yeah. It's a great clip. And the actual ITC portions are repeated. So I'll go ahead and play it. It's pretty self-explanatory if I can go ahead and find it. Yes, there it is. Okay. This was captured October 30th, right, of 2015. Okay. How many horses are here? Three. Three. Uh, so there you go. That's an example of a contextual answer. That's what we're looking for. There you go. Thank you. Very good. Yes. I had a, 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 an inkling to ask about the horses. Can you tell us the colors of them? Are they brown or black? Do you have any Appaloosa horses? Two. How many horses are here? How many horses are here? How many horses are here? Do you have any Appaloosa horses? 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 Yeah. So do you have any horses? Three. That was, uh, I think that was Couts that was answering us that night. Right, because we were addressing him beforehand. Because we were, so. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he has so. that very direct, that's what he sounds like. Yeah. Very deep, very but direct voice. Exactly. I could have swore I heard Appy, and nobody else really responded to it. And I thought for a second, and I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I, I bet they had. Appaloosa horses and sure enough they said they had two so yeah I don't remember hearing the appy live but now that I go back and listen I do kind of hear appy in there and then yeah. that's when you ask that second question yeah. so I mean this is the type of uh, evidence that you can get at the Adobe um, we'll definitely like I said I've said this like three times so far we'll have a part two and we'll get into a little bit more theories as okay so why is this place um, paranormally active uh, ley lines, maybe a portal. Of course, the history is so rich, in my opinion, alleys too, that history plays probably a, a huge fundamental role in why places carry on with and have paranormal activity. But so many experiences here. Um, Mooch, the cat, is another one. Mooch! Yes. Mooch. And I wasn't it you that actually heard the cat? Because I read someone heard the cat. There's a the cat that used to live on the property named Mooch. And we yeah. actually yeah. had a, a, an EVP of someone was, saying Mooch. Yeah, the cat's pretty recent because Frank, one of the docents there, Frank knew Mooch. And that's Mooch right. was yeah. a feral cat that lived on the property. And one day Mooch just 
we didn't see Mooch anymore. So we're not sure what happened to Mooch, but um, we could have swore. I could have swore that I heard a meow. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, oh, well, did we leave a door open? A cat came in and there's coyotes, but there's a park right next door. There's coyotes coming in and out of the property, walking in front of us. We've seen them lots of times. There's We checked, though. We, ch- we went around and checked. There yeah, was, yeah, and we went around and checked and nope, they're the doors were closed and I thought, okay, well, maybe, I don't know. I just, I thought I heard a cat and then. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, another week, I think we were in the sala one night doing a, an so EVP session and it was a full tour, like 10, 10, 10 people, or maybe a little bit over. Sometimes they allow us to go over to like 12 and one woman actually felt what, felt. uh, like fur brush up against her foot. And then of course we checked, there was nothing, no animals at all inside. No. Um, and then I think you saw what looked like an animal resembling a cat once darting around. Yeah. It's amazing. Mooch, Mooch could totally be there and, Mooch was loved there, and if he is there, I hope he comes out and see this again. Talking about animals, my dog is driving me crazy. Can you go? I hear. <laughs> I love your dog. Oh my gosh! You're flipping circles. Oh my gosh! We're getting ready to wrap up, anyways. But I mean, speaking of animals at the Adobe, we've had guests come in and smell phantom smells of hay, hearing the the um, you know galloping of horses. Uh, hearing the horse vocalizations. I'm not going to even try to mimic that, but you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's it pretty, it's just, I hate to use the word haunted because there's always such a negative connotation with hauntings, but my definition, and, and I think we've talked about this, yours is very similar to mine, matches mine, is that in order for a place to, to actually be classified as haunted, there has to be some sort of historical connection that the spirits that are there have to that property. And so that that matches with the Adobe. And so for those that have never been out um, to San Diego, uh, or if you do come to San Diego, make that 25 minute trip up to Vista and visit the Adobe. It's just absolutely beautiful. And with your camera, the grounds are beautiful. It's so beautiful there. It's it. If you can't join us on the tour, at least go during the day. They have daytime tours that are historical. The docents are so knowledgeable. And again, the proceeds go to the Friends of the Adobe to keep it open. It's a working, active museum. And their gift shop, they've got such great stuff in the gift shop. I love, we need to go there before Christmas. I I know. I know. If if it's open. But (laughs) yeah. I can't wait for our tours to resume, most likely early 2022, and you can get tickets. They're like 25 bucks a person for a two-hour tour, which is historical and paranormal. That's the point of the tours. Um, and so you can get tickets on cityofvista.com. Uh, you just click on Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, and you'll see, you'll see Spirits of the Adobe. Click on that, and you can get tickets mm-hmm. right through right through the website there. So we'll make an announcement once the tours resume. It looks like maybe January, February, March is what we're guessing. But Fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, this has been an amazing 
night. Uh, I I'm very honored to work with Allie. She's a, a dear friend of mine and a fantastic paranormal investigator. So I look forward to many more journeys. We are going to have a part two and probably a part three because I mean we just scratched the surface. So. <laughs> but uh, so we'll do that again soon. But Ali, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for me having tonight. me. Yeah, great. and say hi to the family for me. I will. I will. Hugs to your mom. Absolutely. So, all right, there you have it, Ali Schreiber, San Diego Paranormal Research Society co-director, co-host of the Spirits of the Adobe Tours, and my clock is chiming again. Oh, well. So next week, uh, I'm planning to do a Queen Mary special because the launch anniversary is on the 26th. So that'll be next week. And uh, I guess that's about it for now. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond on the Let's Talk Network. And as usual, here at the Afterlife Chronicles, we are bridging the gap between mortality and the afterlife one experience at a time. See you next week, folks. Good night.